What should you look for in a player character's backstory to make something interesting? <sighs> challenges, challenges, challenges. Not... Hello and welcome to this week's episode of How to Be a Great GM. My name is Guy. It was always Guy. It should be Guy. It should be Guy, 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 Guy. I don't know why. Anyway, welcome to today's show. We're talking about how to make backstories from player characters interesting, what we can do, how we go about delving into them and unpacking them, and looking at things that we can draw from them that are going to make interesting and engaging adventures. What I have done is I have asked one of my players at a regular game of mine, could I use their backstory? Because they their backstory was short enough that it was readable, but it contained enough stuff that it was really cool to launch the next part of the campaign that they're playing in. So I am playing a player-based campaign. So there is not a gigantic big bad floating around. There isn't the super evil that they have to defeat ultimately throughout the course of many, 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 many months of campaigning. This is a personal story campaign. So each of the characters will have a story arc that they will be exploring and following through. I'm not going to muddle the story arcs by having lots of player characters' stories unfold at the same time, but I also will not exclude my player characters. So I won't just say, well, we're just focusing on your story now. Everybody else shut up and follow along. I will be dropping dropping in hints from everybody else's backstories as well, but that's over time. And those are little hints that will eventually guide them in the right direction, but there won't be any time pressure to go and resolve those. We will wrap up each player's kind of story to a point that it gets uh, dramatically interesting to then move away to somebody else's. Okay, but that's not why we're here either. We're not here to look at player-based campaigns. Uh, we've done that before. We are here to unpack the backstory. Now, we're going to be looking for a few things in this backstory. We're going to be looking for names of living or dead characters. Yes, that's right. Dungeons and Dragons and all the role-playing games are basically soap operas, so if you die today, your evil twin brother will come up tomorrow. Or perhaps you'll just come back from the dead, having faked your entire death, or maybe being possessed by a demon. I mean, those were just some of the plot lines that came out of some of the soap operas that my grandmother used to watch. You are looking for names of characters, you are looking for places of things, and you are looking for potential... Activities that those names or places could still be currently having or participating in. You're also looking for goals of each of those names. Each of those names, you should come up with a little goal. The player is not going to do that necessarily for you. They might hint at stuff. They might say, oh, well, this person is a uh, baker, and you go, okay, well, their goal is to bake the perfect cake or to do this or to do that. You can now start to take and develop that. We're going to look at how you do that in a little bit, but that's what we're basically looking for. We're looking for names, we're looking for places, we're looking for goals. Those are our initial things that we're doing as we're reading through. So I will take the backstory, I will read the backstory, and I will jot out all of those different things. I'll write out the names, I'll write out any kind of relationships that are immediately prescribed in the player backstory, because we do not want to change any of that at all. That is what the player has created, and so it would be the same as a player trying to create a narrative that we have created as the DM. It doesn't work that way. We have to respect what they've done. So we have to work within the parameters of what they have not done, but with what they have given us. And as you know, working within constraints is far easier than working with infinity. As a point of example, I asked one of the players if I could share their backstory with them, and so here it is. I shall Switch now to narrator voice. Listen out, and, and possibly even if you really want to, I mean, that would be fantastic. Write out the names and places and goals that you hear, as well as the relationships, so that you can then work through this exactly how I did it. So here we go. Right. <coughs> when my grandfather passed away under somewhat mysterious circumstances, poison is the popular theory amongst the house staff, 
My father took over the family manor and all that the position entailed. The manor is situated on a large river and was a good place for wealthy merchant captains to stop for the evening. He, my father, employed mercenaries to explore dungeons and find treasures, finding buyers from the captains and nobles that would often sail down the river. From there, he started selling dangerous or exotic creatures from the said dungeons. Well, it wasn't long before he started selling drugs and children, often from exotic species, uh, anything that the mercenaries found or stole along the way. The mercenaries would often spend time with me, a very young, naive man, training me to fight, training survival skills, and so on. One especially took a shine to me by the name of Banner. Banner, after some time, revealed to me that he was actually a paladin and was investigating my father and the smuggling. I long suspected that something was going on, but I kept quiet. Banner trained me in the ways of being a paladin and the Dawnfather, general name for the god that we worship, uh, he taught me in their way as well. Not long afterwards, Banner disappeared, leaving behind his holy symbol. I then stole the family sword, a holy avenger named Vile Silencer, and left my father's manor. I spent the next several months doing what I could to disrupt my father's operation. Grendon, or my father, put out a reward for my safe return, which has turned into a bounty for my head. Attached to a live body if possible, but not required. This led me to taking the job of an adventurer to escape my father. This was an additional note that the player gave me after I sent a little prompt saying, Tell me more about Daddy. Grendon is a lawful evil character. Possibly a low-level rogue with good charisma skills, high intelligence, and tons of money. He does not get his hands dirty and is careful to distance himself from the day-to-day -day running of the illegal trade. While he initially planned on grooming Gibraltar, the PC, to eventually take over the operation, he is now pissed off. If delivered alive, Gibraltar, the PC, he would most likely use a mixture of torture and spells from one of the goons to mold Gibraltar, the PC, into the man that he requires him to be. Well, that's the story in totality, and um, I did want to read it out for you because I feel that it's important to, to, to get this sort of idea. Now, there's lots of words in there. There's lots of names in there. We've got Banner, the investigative paladin who's disappeared. Where did he go? Well, the backstory doesn't tell us, and that's pure gold. So we've got Banner. We've got Grendon, uh, the evil dad, who possibly poisoned his own father. Well, now, that's an interesting little story. But remember, we've also got the house staff. So that means there's an old butler dithering around. There's a cook. There's a scullery maid. There's a gardener. So there are a whole bunch of others. Did you get those on the list when you were listening to that uh, read-through? We've then got mercenaries who would go into dungeons. So these are experienced dungeoneers who will go into dungeons, capture people. So they're good at capturing. They're good at taking people alive. Immediately, my brain is like, well, that's cages. That's sleeping gas, spells of hold person, those kinds of things, charm spells. We're not talking about 
bombastic, I will blow you up and kill you type of things. Then as we go further, there's this whole connection to the Dawn Father, the name of the god that they've chosen. That's absolutely fine. I have never gone, no, you have to change Dawn Father back into uh, Brax. Uh, that's the name of my god or the name of the world that we play in. I, I, why wouldn't they call him the Dawn Father? It's a lovely name. I didn't come up with it. It's actually better than the name that I come up with. So perhaps now I add it to my collection of names for Brax, the great god. He's Brax, the Dawn Father. Why not? Why not indeed? So again, I'm enriched by my players' in, in, incredible inspiration here. There's this holy avenger named the Vile Silencer. So this is the family sword, the Vile Silencer. What does this have to do with daddy? Nothing, because we know that daddy is a rogue and he's lawful evil, not a traditional paladin. So he didn't follow in grandfather's footsteps, which means possibly grandfather was a paladin. If he's a paladin, we can Jedi Knight this shit and make sure that he just becomes this ghost that appears perhaps to the character. Alternatively, we could then say, well, no, maybe that's not the case. Maybe it goes even further back. Let's store that away, though. Let's, let's store that away because it's not the immediate story. The immediate story came in that second paragraph that I got when prompting the player to give me a little bit more. That second paragraph is there is a bounty on Gibraltar, the player character's head. Great stuff. Now we know that daddy has lots of mercenaries. We know that daddy has sea captains and nobles who work for daddy. So the player character is going to get reported at some point, which means daddy is going to send people along. It's just, it, it cannot not happen. So as long as the PCs are in the public space, daddy's going to know about it. I think that's pretty fair to, to make that kind of assumption. Now, if there is a reward and we have been told that Grendon has tons of money, that reward could be substantial. Another thing that I think is going through Grendon's head, I killed my father and now here is my son who is rebelling against me. There is a significant risk that my son will follow in my footsteps and kill his father. I don't want that. That's a beautiful goal. That's a beautiful motivation. Grendon might be afraid. Of Gibraltar. Now that's a different position to being just angry and mad or oh you should have been in my it's a very interesting space to put the character in. Now finally when we look at all of this kind of stuff we go okay so Grendon is sending out mercenaries to try and hunt hunt down Gibraltar. That's the most obvious thing but there are other things too. Grendon we have been told will use torture and spells from his mercenaries who obviously are, some of them have got magic. Again, reinforcing this idea of using the charm spells and things like that. Grendon is going to be using all of this kind of stuff. So perhaps we need to figure out how to get into the player character's head. He says Grendon, the evil guy, has got a high intelligence. So he's going to know, hang on, my son was taught by the paladin. My son stole Vile Silencer, the holy avenger sword of the family. Why did I leave that thing above the mantelpiece? Stupid, stupid, stupid. I should have sold it when I had the chance. Again, this is just me embodying Grendon, kind of regretting life's choices, right? All of that then says to me, well, we can do something. We can do something here. Let's bring back, or let's see what, what, what Banner is doing. What is Banner linked into? Are there an, is there an order of paladins desperate to try and do something, to try and restore the line that has now been broken by Grendon, and all of the pressure is going to be on Gibraltar to finish that off? Where is this story going to take us? Where are we going to go with it? It's just beautiful. So what I did, because we've already had a session where I've started to use this, Banner was brought back. And Banner was involved in a rather nefarious scheme, which the PCs managed to thwart 
which was basically trying to take over the last remaining nobles of the, the, the town that they live in. There's no real mention of the city, but that's because my players, when they were creating their backstory, they didn't know the world that they were going to be playing in yet. They knew it was mine, but they hadn't had time to look at the map and that sort of thing. So um, Banner has been raised as an undead by Grendon, the evil dad. You tried to teach my son how to be good? Well, I shall teach you what it means to be in eternal servitude, not of the Dawnfather, but of me. So Banner came back. There was a very emotional battle uh, of sorts, very brief. The main uh, battle was against the mind-controlling things that they were doing to the castle. So I look forward to seeing where this goes in the future. It is not over at all. Now, I do hope that this has given you some insight as to how I work. I look at what's here. Perhaps we could even follow storylines, just thinking off the top of my head here, of the children that have been sold into slavery. Your father is Grendon the evil. He sold me into slavery and tore my family apart, so I have now come to you, Gibraltar, son of Grendon, and I shall tear you apart. Now, if your players don't give you these kinds of backstories, that's absolutely fine. Just prompt them. Where were you born? What are your parents doing? Who was your best friend growing up? What was the location that they were growing up in? And why did they leave to become an adventurer? Those are some very basic questions that you can give to your player characters, uh, to your players, I should say, that they can write up about their characters. And that will give you enough to start working on it. And remember, if you've got five players, that's just a whole bunch of, of adventuring campaigns just waiting to just run. I absolutely love it. Anyway, a reminder, hit that like button or the subscribe button, share these videos with all of your friends. And until next time, a massive, massive thank you to, of course, you for watching all the way through to the end. A huge thank you to our sponsors who keep the shows going. And, of course, to our amazing patrons. Love each and every single one of you. I really do. I look at those lists at night and I go, oh, oh. No, I don't. Actually, that sounds a little bit creepy. Um, right. Uh, happy gaming.